Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus that is our only plea. And when we stand before you in judgment, we have but one answer, not that we were good enough, not that we did enough to make up for our sin. For Lord, there's nothing we can do to atone for our own sin. We trust completely in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross and through the resurrection. And so, Lord, in that context, as we now turn to your word, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds to continue to make us more like Jesus so that when we leave this experience, we're more like Jesus than when we came. And Lord, again, we thank you for these graduates and for their families. We thank you for the great potential that they represent and all the many dreams and plans that you have for their lives. And so, Lord, now, as we share a word with them from your word, may we all hear what you would speak to our hearts. And we ask it trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, graduates, I have to tell you that I never ever until about two weeks ago would have thought that I would use this text to share a message with you or with you or with anybody for that matter because this is one of those texts and one of those stories that seems so mundane. You ever been reading the Bible and you kind of get through something and you're like, well, that's nice, but you really don't see how it applies to you? Well, this was my experience until we went to the Holy Land. And one of the things you're going to find as you live is as you follow these new adventures that God brings your way, that you learn things can be more significant for you than you thought they might be. And so that's where we're going today. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 19. We're going to look at verses 40 through 48 today. If you're in the room, the Red Pew Bible in front of you, that is page 194, page 194. But today I want to talk to you about the allotment of land for the tribe of Dan. And I know that's so exciting to you, right? It would have been so exciting to me. Not at all. Why are we talking? I mean, when I'm reading through Joshua and I'm going through the conquest and I'm looking at the allotment for the land, there's a lot of words that are hard to pronounce, and I'm getting ready to read some of them, so y'all pray for me. But there's a lot of words that are hard to pronounce about, that, that are about a lot of places that I really don't care that much about. But for some reason, God chose to include them in His Word. And so what does that mean? Well, that means that they're significant for us, even if we can't understand the significance so, God was apportioning the land after the conquest, and He told the people of Dan, you're going to live in a certain area of what is now Israel, over on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, around what is now Jaffa, what used to be called Joppa, and extends down into the center of what is now the country of Israel, okay? He told them, that's your allotment, and that was great land, but it didn't work out for them very easily. The Philistines were there, and the Philistines were hard to beat. And so they decided to go another way. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. They decided to go up north to a little, what is now a finger-like protrusion in the north of the country. And I'm going to tell you, when you go to the Holy Land, you expect to see the Judean wilderness. You expect to see desert. When you go to Dan, you feel like you're at Mammoth Cave hiking through the trails. I mean, it's crazy. 
So you're there in this land that is lush and all these springs and all these streams and all this water and it's rushing by and it's, it's so serene and peaceful. You're like, is this really part of God's land? This doesn't seem like it should be included in what we know as the Middle East, but it is. And you go and you get to see how rich is the land, how dense is the vegetation, how plentiful the sources of water are and how amazing it is. And you can begin to kind of understand why the people of Dan looked up there and said, hey, maybe we shouldn't go with what God said. Maybe we should go get that land. Because maybe God didn't exactly know what he was talking about. Maybe God meant that for then, but he doesn't mean that for now. And maybe we should go to this place because it's gorgeous, and it is gorgeous. And these people seem like they're easier to conquer than the Philistines that we haven't been able to beat. So maybe that's the sign that God is sending us to this land that he didn't tell us to go to. Maybe we should go up there. Now, here's the problem. This land is beautiful. It is lush with vegetation. But God didn't call them to go there. And because God didn't call them to go there, that caused for them a lot of problems they couldn't foresee, but God definitely knew were coming. One of the problems would come around 930 B.C., about 930 years before Jesus came. This was after the, the, the kingdom was divided. So David established the kingdom. It was beautiful. Uh, his reign was phenomenal. Solomon, his son, reigned over the land. Israel was the greatest kingdom the world had ever known. So rich and so peaceful and so wonderful. And Solomon did some great things. Built the temple. But then he had a thousand women in his life, in his life that came from different lands. And around the temple, he allowed them to build shrines and altars to their gods who were not the one true and living God. And thereby Solomon sinned. Well, God was going to judge Solomon's sin, but in honoring David, he didn't judge Solomon in, in his lifetime. He judged Rehoboam, Solomon's son, and the kingdom was divided. Ten of the tribes up in the north became known as Israel. One plus a tiny tribe in the south became known as Judah, and the kingdom was divided. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, was the king of the southern kingdom, Judah. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Solomon's enemy became the king of the northern kingdom, and they fought against each other. Jeroboam decided that even though God had called his people to worship in Jerusalem, which was down in Judah, Jeroboam, the king of the northern kingdom, decided he didn't want his people going down to Jerusalem in Judah because they might fall in love with Judah. And so he got a good idea. I'll, I'll make a couple of golden calves. Have you heard about golden calves before? Y'all heard a lesson about golden calves in Sunday school, right? Well, like Aaron, he made a golden calf. Actually, he made two. And he presented them to his people. And he said, these are your gods, O Israel, that brought you up out of Egypt. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. And he put one at Dan and one at Bethel. And he said, people of the northern kingdom, you go to Dan and Bethel to worship. And today you can go to Dan and you can see the remnants of that counterfeit temple right there where people would sacrifice to a golden calf instead of the one true and living God. A couple other things happened 
because the people of Dan decided to do what seemed like a good idea to them instead of following what God had said. And we'll share those as we go through the text. But look with me now at Joshua chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 40, and I want to give you this theme. It's your call, but there are consequences. Follow Jesus. It's your call, graduates. You're grown. A lot of things are your call now. But just remember, there are consequences to every call. And those of us who've lived maybe a minute or two longer than you would say this. It's your call, but there are consequences, and you're better off if you follow Jesus. Joshua chapter 19, beginning with verse 40. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the people of Dan, according to their clans. And the territory of its inheritance included Zorah, Eshtaol, Irshemesh, Shaalabin, Ijalon, Ithla, Elon, Timnah, Ekron, Elteca, Gibbethon, Baaloth, Jehud, Benabarak, Gathramon, and Majarkon, and Rakon, with the territory over against Joppa. When the territory of the people of Dan was lost to them, the people of Dan went up and fought against Lashem. And after capturing it and striking it with the sword, they took possession of it and settled in it, calling Lashem Dan, after the name of Dan, their ancestor. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Dan, according to their clans, these cities with their villages. Our first point today is this. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. God had a plan for the people of Dan. He shared that plan in the allotment of the land. He wanted them to go to what is an amazing piece of land. But it didn't work out quite as quickly as they thought and quite the way that they wanted. So they decided to go a different way against God's plan for them. And I want to tell you, having some experience, that might happen to you as well. You may feel like you have a very clear plan from God. I did. When I graduated high school, I was going to be a physician. I was going to play football in college, going to be in pre-med and whatever that major meant, and then going on to medical school. And I even told my video yearbook, we had this new technology called a camcorder back in those days, and we had a student who walked around with it, and they said, where will you be in 10 years? And I said, in 10 years, I'll be in a hospital somewhere helping somebody. Well, that was right, but it was not the same sort of help that I thought I would be giving. So, God may reveal that His plan for you is different from what you think it is right now, and that's okay. But make sure that it's not just you deciding to go against what God has said. I'll tell you how in just a moment. Just as God had plans for Dan, so does He have plans for you. Jeremiah 29. God spoke to those who were in exile, saying, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And just as God had plans for those who were in exile, so does He have plans for all of us. That if you're in Jesus Christ, He wants to give you and will give you through Jesus Christ a future and a hope that transcend heaven and earth, that transcend everything you could ever know. That's how rich and how lasting your future and your hope is. But God had also said to Jeremiah, 
In Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so be reminded that God has had a plan for you from before you were born. For he is the one who knit you together and gave you the gifts and talents and abilities that you've seen emerge, but that you will see emerge more fully as you continue down life's path. God has plans for you. And so seek his plan diligently. Now, here's the best way I know to do that. As you consider what is God's will for your life individually, the best thing you can do is follow God's revealed will in Scripture. So in other words, if God says don't, just don't. And if God says do, do. Now, you're not going to be able to open to, you know, for example, Second Kindle chapter 18 and say, is this what I'm supposed to do? That's not there. There's not, your name's not in here. And it's not going to say, take these classes the fall semester of your, senior, or your freshman year. It's not, it's not there. And it's not going to say major in this or switch your major to this. It's not there. But there are plenty of things that are there that will help you make very important decisions along the way. God has plans for you, and chief among those plans is that you would trust and follow Jesus according to his word. Just like the people of Dan, though, you're going to find times when it would seem to make sense for you to stray from what God has said. That temptation will come, will it not? So just like the people of Dan, you may find that our second point is true. Following God's plan won't always be easy for you. Following God's plan won't always be easy for you. You are going to run up against difficulty. The people of Dan were fine with, this, with the inheritance God had given them until they couldn't get the Philistines out of the land. And when it became difficult, they decided maybe we should go a different way. And that got them into a lot of trouble. Because ultimately, what they didn't see but God could see was that when they went up into the north of Israel, that every enemy who would invade Israel from the north would come through Dan. The Syrians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Even as recently as just a few years ago, Syria again, Lebanon again, right there in this lush, beautiful place. Why did they go from what God had allotted them to what God had not given them? Well, because what God had allotted them wasn't easy. So they decided to move on to what was easy. I saw a meme on social media the other day that said, if it's God's will for you, it will come easy to you. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, I didn't comment because I don't like to fight on social media, but that's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible are you going to find that God's will for you is the easy path. Sometimes the easy path appears as a way to test you. All you have to do is think back to the characters that you've studied in Sunday school your whole life. Did Abraham and Sarah have it easy when they were called to leave everything they had ever known to follow God into a place they didn't know? No. But had God called them to that? Yeah. What about Moses? Did Moses have it easy when, when God called him to go back into that country from which he was a fugitive for murder and to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go? Was that easy? 
No. But was that God's will for his life? Absolutely it was. Did Jesus have it easy? When he came, God in the flesh, to carry out this mission that would result in our salvation, was it easy for him as he saw the tide of public opinion turn against him? And the shouts that were Hosanna became crucify him. Was it easy as he was in Gethsemane sweating drops of blood because the stress was so great? Walking uphill up the Via Dolorosa outside the city gate to Calvary where he was crucified. It wasn't easy, but it was God's will for his life. The apostles who were called to go and proclaim the message of the gospel in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, was it easy for them? No. So this idea that if it's God's will for you, it will come easy to you would be foreign to every biblical character you've ever studied, including Jesus Christ himself. So listen, don't buy into the notion that it will always be easy if it's God's will for you. That is not the case at all. Now, sometimes the easy path comes along to test to see whether you will fix your eyes on Jesus and run the race he's called you to run, trusting and following him through it all. So, God has a plan for you. Following God's plan won't always be easy. And then here is the third and final point. Abandoning God's plan won't end well for you. Abandoning God's plan won't end well for you. One of the greatest temptations the enemy will throw at you is to tempt you and then to convince you that the temptation makes sense. It made sense, for example, to Adam and Eve to eat the forbidden fruit because it looked good, it was good for food, it was beautiful, and it was desired to make you wise. That made sense. But just because it made sense doesn't mean that that's what God's desire is. And when the devil made it make sense and they ate that fruit, it resulted in death. It made sense for David when he was trying to cover up the fact that he had been inappropriate with a woman named Bathsheba to have her husband killed to cover up his own sin. But the Bible still said, thou shalt not what? Kill. Just because he could make it make sense didn't mean that that's what God wanted for his life. The devil will show you a thousand things that make sense to you or to your friends or even 51% of the population, but if it goes against his revealed will, I promise you it will not end well for you. So here's what we want to tell you. We love you. We want nothing but the best for you. God loves you and wants nothing but the best for you. As you emerge into adulthood, it's your call. I put that on the front of the bulletin with a picture Ralph Delahaye took in Dan. It's your call. But know that there are consequences. And please, we who've learned the hard way tell you, follow Jesus. It works out so much better in the end. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these graduates, and thank you for your word 
that speaks to us wherever we are. And so, Lord, help us to trust you enough to follow you, even when a different way makes sense. Help us by your Spirit and by your Word to discern what is good and pleasing in your sight, to follow your will as you reveal to us your will for our individual lives. Help us to be faithful. Help us to look to you in every moment, even when it's difficult, and to persevere in faith, trusting and following Jesus every step of the way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.